welcome back to this episode of Men of the Machine. Now, this one is uh, scaled back in the sense that it's just going to be me for a little bit. Probably not going to run nearly as long as a normal episode goes. And that's because it is really hard to find something worth talking about with yourself. And the reason I say that is because I've tried this before. They last like, I don't know, the longest episode I ever recorded solo was probably the one I did about camping, which was a year ago, almost today, and I will get to that more in a moment. And that one, the only reason I could talk about that one so long was because I had so much to, I mean, it wasn't so much like this topic anyone cared about, but it was a topic I really wanted to get off my chest because I had one of the greatest experiences of my life. So I wanted to like play by play it, kind of kind of like how me and DJ We've got our, our movie reviews, and we like to go through the movie and tell you what opened and what the next scene was and how it progressed and all that good stuff. So other than that, it's really hard to keep it going. And I was listening today, actually, I shouldn't kid myself, pretty much every day. I was listening to uh, Kevin Smith podcast again, and the intros on some of his smodcasts are absolutely... Wait, did I say I was Kevin? Did I, or did I just say Welcome to Man of the Machine? Well, either way... This is Kevin. You know that by now. All of my people who listen to this are my friends, so you get this. Anyways, all of the intros for his podcasts are like almost unbearably long because you know there's going to be a guest, but yet he still manages, lately obviously it's been a lot about his heart attack, he still manages to keep you at least listening without these dull pauses or without multiple repetition. Well, no, that's not true. He repeats a lot, but you know what I mean. And you realize that, holy shit, I'm 15 minutes into this podcast and I still have no idea who the guest is. Or if I read the uh, summary, I know exactly who the guest is and they haven't even said a single word yet. And you can hear him kind of relating to him. But he does that on everything. I mean, shit, he'll, even when he's doing like edumacation or something like that or uh, Hollywood Babylon, he'll go on 10 minute things where it's just him, just him talking. And it's not even talking to his guest. The man's just talking. He's got things to say, and he wants you to hear him. So I would love to learn one day how to be good at that. I would love to eventually figure out how I could just sit on here and tell you about, I don't know, something philosophical, something cool I did, something I'm doing soon, something I learned that day, so on and so forth. But you find yourself kind of relaying back, like, for example, if you haven't noticed, I'm just relaying back to the fact that it's really tough to do. And that's not, I mean, there's nothing there. There's no substance. So if this doesn't last long, that's totally okay. No judgments. This is judgment-free zone. I just have a few things I figured I'd say. And plus, I've missed a few weeks here and there lately. I didn't want to keep that trend up. And uh, today, I'm recording it today on this Wednesday, and I'm releasing it today. So we would have missed one because I had to end up moving my week around this week because I am going, like I alluded to earlier, on the almost the exact same camping trip I went on last year. So I had to move my work week around. Wednesdays is my day off when me and Deej do it or me and Jake do it or whatever. And uh, Patrick, I never reached out to this week. I don't know. Why. I probably could have gotten him if I really wanted to. He's He's pretty down at any point in time as long as you know he's not at work and i i just didn't think about it i was pretty distracted but oh ooh, i that's something i can talk about forever anyways so i am going back on the same we spent three days going down the susquehanna river which is like the 
fourth largest river in the East Coast. It goes from uh, upstate New York all the way down to Maryland. And last year, we did it in a pretty funky little way. It was thrown together in a, in a not hastily, but it was my buddy Greg's uh, bachelor party. And it was incredible. There were six of us, me, Greg, Dave, Kyle, uh, Freddie, and Zach. And we had three fishing boats tied together in like a, in like a, a triangle, line back, canoe another line back our relaxation station which is definitely making an appearance again this year that's coming back it hasn't been blown up or used or anything since the last time so fingers crossed there's no holes in it or anything but that's coming back out we're going to be hitting that up and it's it's camping's always been really big to me everyone knows that i don't really have a super deep reason for it you know some people like to super uh i don't want to use any uh, bad terms, but super like hippie people are in tune with nature or they're resetting their sleep cycle by the sunrise and sunset, or they like the fresh air or they like, uh, I mean, there's pretty normal ones. Like we like company. We like having our friends around whatever the good stuff is. I, I don't really think I have anything like that more. So for me, it's just a, uh, for those who know me, I really get, I get stale fast. I get bored fast. Everything feels stagnant and I need a change. And camping is like the most abrupt way you can change your life in the fastest. You, you don't have electricity. The food you're eating isn't like overly prepared in the kitchen. You don't have a comfortable bed to sleep. For me personally, no air mattresses, no tents. Hammocks are cool because they're super small. They fit. It's anything you can carry in a backpack. And I know there's definitely tents you can little one person or two person tents that are tiny. I don't know. It's I, I, I prefer if I know it's going to rain, I, I think it's more fun. It's obviously not a better scenario. I think it's more fun to try to build your shelter. And even when, and this happens to me all the time, even when it goes wrong and let's say your shelter falls apart or you just freaking whiffed it and you weren't able to build anything solid or there's big leaks in it or whatever, when, I, when I'm in that situation of like being uncomfortable or cold or whatever, I I, I don't know. I kind of laugh at myself. I kind of am like, ah, well, you, you fucked up. Like you tried, but you clearly didn't succeed in this. And then I go to sleep and I wake up the next morning grumpy and soaked and my back hurts. And then I just kind of shake it off as like, a, well, let's see if tonight goes better. Like maybe I can make this a better situation in some way. It's obviously not ideal. People in general, are creatures of comfort. You want to either A, have it planned out, B, know that you're not going to wake up with a kink, C, know that you're not, not a sexy kink. I'm talking like a kink in your neck or something. C, you, you want to know that you stayed warm, yada yada. I think it's more fun to throw that to the wind. I, I feel like it's more fun to come in with your basic necessities, like I have my sleeping bag, and just see what happens. If I end up sleeping under the stars because I was too lazy, but the weather's nice, so be it. If I end up sleeping on rocks because I didn't lay a bed out of pine boughs, which is my personal favorite bed when camping, so be it. Or maybe there wasn't any around. Like I, I prefer the risk that's involved with it. It's it's something that I carry through Like when I get sick. I'm not your usual... Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm a child. Like I turn right into a baby. There's a reason. I usually, when I was growing up, I went to the hospital a lot. And the main reason was... Every time I got sick, I just would stop eating and drinking. It didn't sound good. I didn't like the way my tummy got upset. I hated everything about it. And my mom and dad, it drove them nuts because they knew that meant in like a week and a half I was going to the hospital. One time, I was like 14 years old. I got just a standard like fever, nothing dramatic. 
And I got so dehydrated that when we, I couldn't walk to the car, or maybe I was just being a little overdramatic, but I couldn't walk to the car. So my father picked me up, put me in the car. Mom drove me over there, got out, and I went in. And he, I, I don't know how they measured it, but basically he told my mom, he's like, if he doesn't drink water or Gatorade or something, ginger ale, within the next six hours, he has to be put on an IV or he may die from dehydration. My skin was all like peeled back on my lips and my nose. My fingers were like, like, I was very skinny also. I'm, I'm a smaller man, but I mean, I was, I graduated high school at 109 pounds. I was literally skin and bones, kind of like Jake. You know, like modern Jake, if anyone's met just the facts, I looked like that, but maybe even a little skinnier. And all of my skin like tightened. It was disgusting. My lips were cracked and guess what? I, I didn't do it. I didn't follow doctor's orders because I just didn't like that. So, but I got off course. I'm so sorry. When that kind of stuff happens, instead of being, um, woe is me. I mean, I, I definitely asked for help. My wife is the ultimate nurse when I get sick. She's incredible when it comes to taking care of me. But I also will met, like talk to her or message her and I'll say something along the lines of like, how are you feeling? Like I'm all right. I've got a like a really bad headache, but it's kind of cool. And she won't, you know, she'll send back question marks or what? What do you mean it's kind of cool? And it's one of those moments where you know what good feels like, and you know what you probably should do to get there, but for some reason your body or your mind won't let you. And I find that absolutely fascinating. It's kind of like fears. Like um, I talked about here earlier. I talked about with Jake. I talked about with Patrick. My fear sharks. I'm I'm terrified of that, but at the same time, I will consistently like go underwater and like freak myself out, give myself those chills because I'm so obsessed with the fact that I can change my, my st state of mind so fast. Now, I wish I could do that all the time. When I get really pissed off about something stupid, it's a lot harder to be like, for me, it's a lot harder to be like, oh, it doesn't matter. So you couldn't find the comic book in store. Like, it's obviously trivial, but so I can't do it everywhere. But something like when I'm sick or camping, if it goes wrong, well, you know, you're, you're the one who decided to leave that home you pay for. It's not like you're, it's not like your life went on pause. You're the one who decided to walk away from it and do this. So you kind of got to accept what's coming. So I've I, I I just, I lose my mind. I love camping. I'm trying to set one up with Jeff. I think he still listens to this podcast. I actually, Jeff, if you still listen to this podcast, message me. And we got to set this up. We said after the wedding, it's after the wedding. Let's get just a little like overnight trip out in the woods somewhere. That would be incredible. But anyways, um, it, it's my, it's my second favorite like uh, activity that's not me playing video games. Number one being skiing. And if I could tie the two together, I totally would, but we don't live near mountains. So I'm going out, I'm doing that. So let's, let's consider this my living will. This is if just in case something happens. Last year, I would joke with Franny about getting eaten by a bear or capsizing the raft and drowning or something stupid. Turns out the river's not deep at all. The deepest parts you can still touch like with your fingertips above water. So it never gets crazy deep. And we stayed on islands all the time. So for the most part, we didn't see any bears. There is bears out there, but you're, the chances, I mean, shit, I'll probably get struck by lightning before that. Which, segue, big lightning storm coming, gonna be incredible. Happened last year, we were drunk, rowing through a thunderstorm, and like, throwing our beers at each other, and we were like, 
uh, Dave was in charge of the victory chants, and we were fucking, oh my god, it was incredible. But anyways, this is my living will. Uh, Franny gets everything. So I guess that was kind of anticlimactic. No, you know what? Craig can have my video game collection, because he's great. DJ can have my comic collection, because he's great. Maybe I should flip those two around. And Jake can have Twink, because they're best friends. And I'm not talking about uh, my small gay friend. I'm talking about my cat that he loves almost as much as our small gay friend. And they're super best friends. That's what you get, Jake. I hope you love it. Cherish it forever. Uh, I should be saying her. I don't think you're supposed to call a cat an it. But that's neither here nor there. So that's it. Franny gets gets every single thing I own. Craig, you get video games. No, I'm flipping it. Craig, you get all my comics. DJ, you get all my video games. You live together, share them, be friendly. Jake, you get the cat and our gay friend. It's a win-win. But I hope I don't die. This is not that kind of podcast. This is, I'm not foreshadowing. This isn't like when XXX, whatever his name was, released a music video the day he died of him fighting with his casket. That's not what this is. I'm coming back. This is going to be great. I'm just saying... If I do, and there is any sort of legal weight behind this, I have spoken and dispersed my stuff accordingly. Otherwise, the next thing I was going to say, I didn't get an episode out this week with my days off and whatever and yada yada excuses, but the main thing holding me back was me and my wife are buying a house that's way too expensive for us and we're freaking out about it. Not freaking out in a bad way. It's like, you. so we've been house hunting for two months, three months now. Not super long, but enough to see... uh, I did the pre-approval at the end of May, so really barely two months. And it's not... We've seen enough houses. We've seen about 12 houses, about a dozen houses. And we've said this one, that one. We put bids in on two. One of them we tried to super undercut because it was a flip and I didn't want any part of it because I'm kind of a over-the-top liberal when it comes to unnecessary profit and then some people say there's no such thing whatever okay shut up that's not what we're talking about so i put in a really low bid he didn't want it they wanted full price whatever drop it cool that one would have been nice it was right next door to jake but they ended up selling that house good for them the next house we actually did want we were willing to pay up to 235 they had it on the market for 250 we put bid they came back and said no asking price our realtor said any can we change it all they said give us your final offer and they denied it But even those houses, they were incredible. I'm not saying that, but if you've ever gone on a house hunt, whether it's buying or renting, or even actually, shit, buying a car, there's always that one. Aside from your dreams, you know, like for me, it would be, you know, a top-of-the-line decked-out Camaro if I was buying a car or a Mini Cooper. Um, Not the point. I don't dream big. You've You've always got that moment where you walk in, and this has happened to us twice now. So... The first, all of our apartments we've relatively settled on. So every time we look for a house, we find one we love, and for one reason or another, it's out of our ballpark, whether it's distance or cost or someone else snagged it first. And that's always such a bummer. But you're like, fine, this place will work for me because it's got the amenities I need, whatever, yada, yada. Then you eventually find that one thing that where whether it's a car and you see it outside or a house and you go walk in the front door, it just kind of clicks. It just kind of hits you that you're like, oh shit, this is this is nearly perfect for me. And I will do almost anything it takes to get it. So this house in specific is right on the edge of our budget. I'm talking 
every single bit of my paychecks alone are for the mortgage. I won't make money outside of paying for the mortgage. And then Franny will have to under, handle bills. Granted, this is all if our mortgage gets approved. We'll see. Time will tell. That's not a best case scenario. Everyone, they always say, you know, you can look it up online. Everyone does when they're going to buy a house. They ask a thousand friends and they Google a thousand things, uh, you know, what to do when buying a home. And basically everything says, never spend more than half of your income. With like an asterisk, don't even get close to spending half of your income. Well, me and Franny threw caution to the wind and we're going to try to exactly split it down the middle and spend half our income and see if we can figure it out. We've lived dramatically poorer than I think people understand. I talk it up a little much, I won't lie. I'm a little bit of like a, um, I, I, I don't know, I mean... There's a hard way to compare this without coming off as super ignorant, so I won't even try. But you know when people are like, oh man, I don't have enough money for this. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I couldn't afford rent one month and me and Franny had to skip dinner. Like that kind of bullshit. I understand. I'm a story topper and it's one of my top three like worst things about me. But we've lived very, very poor lives and in the past before, not not overall, but in the past. Now we don't have to. I have a good job. She has a good job. Everything seems stable. You never know what's going to happen, so I won't say it's it's definite. But everything seems stable, and we can finally be in that point of, like, live your old poor life, but around nice things. And that's what this house is. We walked in the door, and, like, before we even showed up, I'd, well, I'd looked at this thing online a dozen times. I mean, I'd clicked through every page. I'd shown it to all my friends at work, sent it through the chats, and walked over to my other friends and was like, hey, check this out. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, I'm putting a bit on it, whatever. And Franny kept doing the typical her thing of trying to talk me down. Like, keep it cool. Don't freak out. It'll be fine. Let's look at it. We might not even like it. So I was sold before we even walked in. Then we showed up, and the driveway was a little bit different setup than we thought in the pictures, and, uh, and for the better. So I pulled into the driveway. You see the garage. You see the house, and you see the rock wall. The entire house is surrounding a rock wall, and I was done. Like From that moment, I had a smile on my face. I opened the door, and I was just ready to see this house. Franny was not quite the same, but they had a bunch of kitties, so we got to pet them, and that felt better. Then we opened the door. We walk in. The living room, or the kitchen's a little whack, but everything else, we're walking through the rooms, upstairs, downstairs, there's this big, great room. We walk to the back, there's a porch, or a, I shouldn't say porch. There's like a, a deck with three levels, one that can take a hot tub. There's a beautiful in-ground pool that we're not sure if it's in 100% condition. We're not worried about it. I'm not buying the house for the pool, but it was clean. The pump was working uh, successfully. The uh, inspector said there was nothing of note, even though he wasn't actually inspecting the pool. So I'll take their their word that it's doing just fine. And as we walked through it, I just kept joking, like, okay, what can we put the offer in for? All right, I'm ready to do it. Or here's my checkbook. You know, the typical, like, corny, over-the-top jokes. And the gentleman who uh, was showing us, he was a stand-in for actual realtor because she was on vacation. He went to give the key back, and me and Franny just turned to each other, and we both were just like, this is it. We, this, we're done. Like, we found it. There's, there is nothing else that we can see that'll top this. And we, oh, it, was, it just felt so good. We were so excited. And I still am a little bit. I'm, I'm coming down. And the main reason being, after that initial cool down and we contacted our realtor, real, realtor and we wanted to put an offer in, and we slowly cooled down. And then we realized like a, f a switch being flipped. Ah, sh now I got to pay for this. Like, how the, how the hell am I going to pay for this house? And that is something we will deal with in the future. I'm not, I'm not concerned with that. That's, that's, that's future Kevin's problem. 
But current Kevin is purely excited about it. So we've got a bunch more steps. You know, the inspections are done. Thank the God. But thank the Lord. It, thank the God. What the? That doesn't even make sense. I mean, it's the same saying, but it just sounds so weird. Uh, we got to apply for the mortgage and get a lawyer and pay, do the walkthroughs and whatever. But that's all ahead of us. And, and it's just, ah, oh, I'm just so excited. I get to go on a great camping trip with some of my best friends. Not really two of them are my best friends and the other people are their friends. So I look up to them because I'm like, oh, my friend's friends are the best people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know them super well, but I get to go on that, which last year I will to this day argue was one of the best, not individual days, but one of the best experiences in my entire life. Like, yeah, I'm not, my number one is definitely my, my honeymoon. My number two is my wedding. And my number three is probably this camping trip. The wedding kind of blew, but it's more symbolic about what the wedding actually was. You know, you just spend a lot of money so other people can complain about how stuff's not good enough, but you're still getting married. But the camping trip, I mean, I, there was, I'm not a huge partier. I, I think I, I think I act like more of a partier than I actually am. And that's just because I want to see Jake drunk. It's just fun to me. I just think it's so exciting. But when Jake's not around, I really don't drink. I really don't like... I don't know. It just doesn't settle with me. I, I don't care to change my feeling. But when we're out on this trip, it was like drinking beers, not to the point of like sloppy drunk, but to the point of everyone just being goofy and tipsy uh, because you're working nonstop. I mean, you are rowing or swimming or moving your shit around or like steering or sometimes just sleeping in the relaxation station. And you're drinking and you're eating and food always tastes better when camping. Anyone will tell you that. And if you disagree, you're a goddamn idiot. And I'm looking at you, Jake. I'm not calling you a goddamn idiot. I'm just curious what your thought is on eating when camping. This isn't a disrespectful thing. I'm I'm literally just throwing out the invitation to have the conversation of, do you think hot dogs taste better when you're out away from your home versus when you're just here having dinner for cheap? That's all. Just curious. But... The food tasted great. The beers tasted good, which I don't... I, at the time, I'm getting better. At the time, I didn't even like beers. It was friends I hadn't seen in some of them years. Uh, and all of us got together, and it was like never skipping a beat. The temperature was perfect. Never got sunburned. Didn't get bug bites. No one got injured. Like It was the perfect trip. Except for Dave throwing the hatchet in the river, which... You know what? It sucked at the time, but it was so goddamn funny, and I never stopped thinking about it that it actually enhanced the trip. So I take it back. That was actually even better than perfect. And on the last day, Kyle, he was he couldn't sleep because Greg... You, listen to that podcast. I'm not fully explaining what happened again. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called Camping Trip, but check it out. I Seriously, for all my friends on here, most of you who are listening now started listening uh, once I started getting multiple guests. Just, just if you're going to check out any episodes, it's Comic Creation, which you probably already have because I hounded you, and the camping episode. And uh, Kyle couldn't sleep because he got his sleeping bag soaked, and he got up at three in the morning, two in the morning, two thirty, and just started fishing. And he caught like one of the biggest catfish I've ever seen in upstate New York, which granted isn't very big. I understand in the South they get huge, but a pretty, pretty big catfish. And uh, it fed all six of us. So if that doesn't say how big it is, I mean, we didn't all eat a full helping, but enough to be satisfied. That was also one of the coolest things. And catfish is notoriously gross. Like if you're not cleaning it properly and cooking it properly or shit, even like feeding the catfish 
uh, something else before you eat them or before they die so it like cleans them out a little bit. They can be gross. I'm not exaggerating. This is one of the best fish things I've ever eaten in my life. And it was mostly because we'd ran out of food the day before and we were all starving when we woke up ready to go home because it was the very last day. It was Sunday. But it was exactly what we needed and i pray that we can do it again and we keep we have a group chat going and i'm just joking over and over again like if kyle doesn't feed us we wither away in the woods and it might happen and that's why i made a will but where the hell was i going with that i guess so i'm so sorry i got so distracted with that i was talking about i was judging jake and i was talking about the trip oh just the way the trip was good that's all i was saying is it was incredible and any friends out here if craig is down to camp I'm totally with it. If Pat and Kevin come down from upstate New York when I buy this house and stay in my spare room, come on, let's go out and go camping while we're here. Whatever. Totally into camping. I'm pretty sure the only people who listen to this are people I know. But if there's anyone else, hit me up. I love to camp. I'll do it all the time. But, uh, so yeah, I'm going out on that. And this is the point of the podcast where normally I would rely on the topic at hand to make a segue but i talked about the camping i talked about the will and i talked about the house hunt so uh i'm gonna wrap it up it's i'm sorry it's a short one uh but that's what happens when you don't plan things out and that is not something i'm known very well for doing but that's not the point Uh, i just wanted to get something on there for you know midweek breakup next week however uh if i get back in time we should have another uh hollywood hollywood (laughs) sorry not hollywood halloween in july episode where we're watching a scary movie and throwing it up and at this point in time it looks like halloween in july might carry over to august because of me constantly going and doing shit but that is not the point we will get uh next one up's evil dead dj's choice and all four of us will be here jake craig dr deej and myself and it will be the same as last time so (gasps) excuse me i got the hiccups a little bit hopefully you enjoy that hopefully you enjoyed this uh otherwise this oh and that's one thing you know what shouts out to me if, if you see me give me a hug i had to go because this house is costing us so much i went to jake's probably sick of hearing this i went to the comic book store and i had to cut a bunch of stuff off of my pull box and i'm not happy about it i have gotten into a terrible habit it's it's for the best that i did this I have gotten to the point where I'm picking up six, seven, eight comics every time I go on Wednesdays. And that's not counting stuff I see at stores when me and Franny are driving around towns on the weekends or the trades that come out and I have to have them for whatever stupid reason I convince myself of. Or even the mobile ones that I buy occasionally on my iPad. I had to cancel them because, you know, the house is expensive and any little bit counts. You know, I canceled my YouTube Red. I'm trying to carpool with Albert as much as possible to save gas. And when I move into the new place, me and Jake can carpool together and save money together. Like, maybe I'll pay for one tank one week. He pays for the tank the next week, whatever. It'll save us money. And uh, so I went down and I did that. And it was, it was, it wasn't the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was, it was up there. I've been getting I've been getting aggressively into reading them. Like six months ago, I just collected. I thought it was fun to collect, and occasionally I'd read a fun one. Like for six months ago on, when me and Patrick went to the two Comic Cons, and I go and do these stores, whatever. But from the you know from then on, and my pull box got more serious, and these events got more serious, and I started to understand the different writers and the different stories. Now, shit, I try to read them as often as possible. I'm buying, like I said, way too many each month. It's still a point where I'm spending. 
I would guess I'm spending about 150 bucks a month on comics, which is a cheap car payment. That is literally the payment of my motorcycle. I am paying on comics. Now, I'm not wiping that out entirely. You, you, in your day-to-day life, you have to do something for you. There is people out there who don't, but you have to do something for you. If I go to work, come home, and literally the only reason I'm doing that is to afford my lights and my food, that is a miserable existence, and I don't know why anyone would do that. But if I can get my games every now and again, that's the other thing. I stopped collecting video games. Not indefinitely. I mean, I'm still, if there's a a good deal or some game I really want, believe you me, I'm buying it. But it, I was also going to Game Exchange once a week or seeing what Jake was up to so we could go to Game Exchange or asking Albert to pick something up for me or swinging by the Toy Vault again. So aside from my comics, I'm also looking at all of their classic video games and stuff or browsing Amazon. That's done, at least temporarily. At my job, we are union. I get standard raises. It's all laid out. A year from now, I'll be making about two and a half dollars more than I am, which is pretty good compared to other places. I mean, it's going to, it's going to climb and I will get back to where I'm wasting, just throwing money at this stupid bullshit. But I think it's worth it for now. Between carpooling, I canceled my YouTube red and the comics, I'm going to save about 200 bucks a month. And that's, that's a pretty major thing. It could even be more than that, depending on how long it takes before Albert is totally fed up with me. Because riding my motorcycle to his house and then carpooling with him is saving me on its own 40 bucks a week in gas. Easy. Like minimum 40 bucks a week in gas. So I'm going to try to keep that up. Which is a selling point for Jake. Like, oh, you know how you fill your take once a month or once a week? Well, you won't have to do that anymore. And that would be nice because he also needs, you know, to make some cuts like myself. He doesn't need to. I'm not trying to dictate your life. This whole episode has just been me talking about freaking Jake. God damn it, Jake, weaseling your way into my GD life. Although, you weaseling, weaseling your way into my GD life allowed me to weasel my way into G- DJ's life and Luke's, and now I'm kind of like an honorary Perota, even though Papa Tom doesn't realize it. But I bet he does. I bet he, I bet he does. You guys probably talk about me nonstop. You know, you're out over there having dinner, and you're like, oh, Kevin said the, f- he said the funniest thing at work. But you don't retell it because my my delivery is just it's just perfect. You can't can't try to piggyback off of my humor, but that's not the point. Uh, why? Oh, I was talking about saving money. See what you do to me. See see what you do to me every time. Uh, that's what I'm up to. That is a brief summary of my yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Be back next week with uh, the Evil Dead featuring the whole the the whole Halloween in July crew, and it's gonna be wonderful. Otherwise, thank you for dealing with me and putting up with my rant for a few minutes. I just wanted to tell you a cool, fun things, and maybe it helped you understand me a little bit better. But probably not. That's usually what I get. Thank you for listening to Men of the Machine. As always, I am Kevin, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.